When someone gets a divorce, the grief touches generations like a stone skipping across a pond. It is not just one family unit that is affected. The ripples go out from every touch point as that stone hops across the water. The consequences radiate. If it's your family, the grief hits your adult child, your grands, and you. So how do you respond? And how do you talk with your grands about what has happened? I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode of The Grand Life, we talk with Leah Giaquinta, a divorce transition coach, about the tricky navigation we as grandparents have to face when our adult children get a divorce. By listening to what Leah learned during her own divorce, we can learn how to help those in our family who have been or are going through it themselves. Leah is a certified divorce transition coach and owner of Leah Giaquinta Coaching. She started this business earlier this year in response to a growing need among women seeking additional support through divorce. Her coaching work helps women regain footing to reclaim their futures. Leah is a single mom to four beautiful children ages 8 through 15. Leah, it's so wonderful to have you back on The Grand Life. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Oh, yeah. We we had you back a long time ago when we were first starting, and now here we are four years later. Um, you know, I wonder if you could talk to us about the difference between coaching and counseling, since you are a divorce coach, right? Yes. So counseling is uh, a professional degree and license that licensed healthcare professionals hold counseling and therapy work focus mainly on the emotional health and well-being of their clients. Uh, Coaching, on the other hand, uh, it's a broader profession. It doesn't have the same credentials and certifications as far as licensure goes. I do happen to have my certification. However, that's not uh, necessarily a requirement in most states. And what coaching is, in contrast, is it is more of a supportive role for clients. It involves a lot of listening and mirroring, but specifically, it helps clients with the logistical work in getting them to where they want to be. A better comparison might be a coach at the gym. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you know exactly what benefits that you want to get out of exercises and working out. Right. And this is a person that can hold you accountable uh, to meet you there. And then also just making sure, uh, giving you some checks and balances to making sure that you are doing the right things and, and the right steps, the smaller steps to get you to the goals where you want to be. You know, I can see why you would be a good person to do this. I mean, when I first knew you, you were not divorced. Since then, you have gone through a divorce. And so you uh, coming alongside someone after you've been through this yourself seems like it would be a perfect fit. You know, let's talk a little bit about your divorce. We've talked a little bit. You were gifted a career coaching time, and that helped you kind of get a connection between you and what you used to do and what you're choosing as a career now. When I was divorced, I was lucky enough to have friends and family and loved ones step through and provide me with various types of support. I certainly put 
my own time and effort into my own uh, therapy for rehabilitation, for the emotional piece to divorce healing. When I think about my divorce, you know, my background is in physical therapy. So sometimes mm-hmm. I think about, you know, acute care, subacute care, and, um, you know, outpatient rehabilitation, you know, just those fine tuning elements of getting back on track. I certainly worked with a therapist on the emotional piece, and I had various life changes that accompanied the divorce. Mm -hmm. One was moving, one was just adapting to life as a single parent. And at the very end, my final transition was figuring out how to juggle uh, being a single parent and bringing in an income. So that for me, that was returning to work after being a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And I had a dear friend for over 10 years and she offered me uh, her coaching services. She was an entrepreneur and she coached women who aspired to start their own businesses. Okay. She said, I know that you are uh, really struggling with trying to figure out how to recreate this new life as a single parent and bringing in an income. And for me, physical therapy, while I love that profession, it looked different as a single parent hmm. than it did as a double parent household. Yeah. So we worked together. Uh, I did start interviewing women who inspired me or who held careers that uh, might be better supported as a single parent. Yeah. And through the work that we did together, uh, I I found that coaching really aligned with uh, my interests and my talents and also my passion in helping women, and perhaps it's paying it forward, helping women through their own transitions through d- divorce. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, one foot in front of the other, kind of like physical therapy, right? Yep. <laughs> yep, and with with a with a hand to hold for a little extra balance and support. I'd love to know if you find your clients go through similar stages of grief that we talk about when we talk about somebody dying, you know, the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross thing of denial, anger, bargaining, depression, then finally acceptance. Is there something similar to that when somebody goes through a divorce? Absolutely. I've been somewhat fascinated by the grief stages and how they apply to people who experience divorce because based on everything that I read with grief, those stages, they resonate entirely with the experience of loss during Mm. divorce. And what's tricky about that is that the grief oftentimes is attached to things that are intangible. So it can be hard to talk about. It can be hard to describe. Yeah. Oftentimes what you're dealing with isn't necessarily the loss of, of a person. I mean, right. oftentimes it's just the loss of an idea, perhaps an attachment to what you thought your future might look like. Uh, it's the loss of a family home in many cases, a loss of identity, 
um, in several respects. And in my case, there was a, sto- a sort of recreation, you know, with my own professional identity. Um, and then yeah. and then my identity within um, my friendship circles and my community and and all of that. So that takes that takes a lot to really sit with and feel that weight and uh, process that in order to continue to move through and move forward. Yeah. I mean, I've had friends who've been through divorce and I had a friend whose sister became a widow and then she got divorced. The other one got divorced and she they sometimes would compare notes. And the one who was divorced almost contended that it was harder to deal with the divorce because the person was still there. This person was still alive. There was still a lot of working through that had to be done. I mean, I I would hate to say one was worse than the other, but it's kind of interesting that um, you think, oh, well, it's, it's just a divorce. They'll get over it. But you still have so many things to work through on a day-to-day basis. It's not over. There's, not, n- there's no finality. Yeah, there's no finality to it. I mean, in there, some there ways. is, I mean, you're dealing, and yet there isn't. Yeah, you're dealing with a, a person who's still alive and you, who sees your children, and you have to still work on relationships with them. And I don't know. I think that would be hard. Uh, very much so. And especially when you have children together, because it is something that you have to deal with really on a daily basis. And, and it, and in a way it forces you to move through into that space of acceptance because you have to, for your children. And in a way it's, it's, it's really, really hard because there's almost, um, a hologram or a ghost. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> metaphor where where you know perhaps you're you're seeing one thing and you're experiencing another. And I and I agree. I think that grief is uh interesting that way. I think that you know, I would never be one to, you know, compare one loss to another, you know, um people who experience the loss of a spouse the stress scales that I've seen, the life stressor scales, yeah. they put they they put the two right up there at the top: divorce and the loss of the uh, of a yeah. spouse. And uh, moving homes is right up right up. Don't there. we know and the, it? And <laughs> change in careers. I mean, so so it's an incredibly stressful time. Um, and yet, you know, the those who lose spouses to death, um, I I'm very much aware that. On the flip side, those are parents that don't necessarily um, get a break. Exactly. That's true. So I'm very much aware of that. And yet, I think it's really beautiful when you're also able to recognize that grief is something that connects us all. In whatever stages your clients are in, do they ever bring up how their parents play into their successful recovery? Or on the other side of the spectrum, get in the way of it? Absolutely. I think that uh, family support is one of the biggest indicators in how a lot of my clients fare. Divorce can be a really isolating experience. Yeah. And it's challenging. Divorce doesn't happen just between two people. Uh, It oftentimes does include the separation or the fracturing of two families and social circles and in communities. And in my experience, uh, my family support was incredible. Mm. And, And I attribute my survivorship 
to that. And it took a lot of conversations and there was a lot of reconnection in my family through that. And that was a silver lining. Yeah, yeah it's and, painful. I mean, and for everybody, including, absolutely. The, including the, the parents, uh, the grandparents, I guess we would call them, but your parents, I would imagine. You know, it was interesting how somehow I was acutely aware of two things. I was aware of how painful it was for me to watch my children, for me to witness my children suffer their own unique experiences through divorce and uh, see them experience their own losses through that. Mm-hmm. And yet I was also aware of uh how that transposed in the generation above my, I could tell how painful it was for my parents to watch me suffer through that too. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, sometimes we, we've we talked about on the podcast, the pain that a parent of an adult child feels is doubled because they feel it for their children and they also feel it for their grandchildren. So, you know, not that, not to negate how you feel, but it's, it's quite heavy on the, the shoulders of a grandparent to watch that happen to their children and then their children's children. So you're right. I think you're very right about that. You know, this is a great time for us to talk a little bit about, you know, you were gifted with some coaching. Um, I'm curious, you, you mentioned to me earlier that you, you actually, uh, provide gift certificates for people who are interested, like, grandparents or parents of adult children can buy coaching for their for their adult children, right? That was actually something that recently came to fruition through a family that came to me and they had a family member who was far away. I do offer my coaching online and, you know, both locally here in Indianapolis, but also online. Mm-hmm. And they felt so disconnected and removed from this particular family member who was uh, going through her own divorce that they came to me and uh, purchased a coaching package for her. And that actually has been a really beautiful offering of support for her Mm -hmm. because as part of that package, I also offer uh, a session to the family to talk about the various ways that the family can support her even far away. Let's talk a little bit about the grandparents' role and how they can come along side the grands, what they can do, maybe tips for how they can help their grandchildren through this. You know, one of the things that we were aware of early on was despite all of the, you know, the personal experiences that we were encountering through divorce was to put the children at the forefront oftentimes required us to create containers for our own feelings in separate spaces so that we could allow enough space for the grandkids to feel safe and secure in their environments. And that meant being able to freely express themselves, their feelings and their encounters in their entire world, including um, their world that includes their other parent. 
So, uh, you know, obviously when the children come into your household and your family, you are getting a whole 100% snapshot you know, of your experience with them, but for them, you know, their experience in your household is, you know, either 50% or just 75%. And there's another version of their lives that we, we made a point for them to as, as much as we could for them to feel safe to talk about and, and to share. And, Oftentimes, uh, that just includes opening conversations with the kids out of curiosity to remain curious, to allow for open-ended questions so that they could feel free to share and feel free to be excited and happy and to share uh, their experiences with their other parent. Yeah, that's that seems like that would be a little tricky balance because you don't want to be probing like you're trying to find out information about what's going on with the other parent. But at the same time, you want to sound curious and make sure that you're open to that. So seems like that would, that would take a little practice. It definitely does. It definitely does. And we're all human. <laughs> and then uh, it also, of course, depends on, on the kids' ages. Uh, yeah. But in my observation, watching my kids or just observing my kids being able to speak freely um, about their other parent around uh, my family is always a constant reminder of, wow, that's wonderful that they feel uh, so safe and secure to do that. So, Leah, I've heard you talk before about recommended vocabulary in the situation you're describing. Can you touch on that? You know, that was something that I've just picked up along the way from the various women who have offered me their little tidbits and uh, pieces of coaching advice, not even realizing that they were coaching me. Uh, but I had one person told me early on that they made it a point instead of referring to their ex-spouse as their ex, and they made it a point to always refer to their ex-husband as their children's dad. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a subtle, uh, yeah, shift in vernacular. But I think just taking the X out of it. Yeah. It's harsh. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? The X. Yeah. There's a negative connotation to that. Yeah. And yet, you know, referring to them to, yeah, your ex-spouse as as your kid's dad, it's it's truthful. And he will always be their dad. And it's not like it's been cut out. So I I like that. Also, I would imagine just not making angry or snide comments about your former partner would be probably be a good idea in front of your children, especially. You don't want to be saying things that would be uh, detrimental to their attitude about their dad. Oh, right? There's got to be ferocious temptation around that, though. It would be hard. Fe- Eye rolling. Feelings are, <laughs> yeah. are, you know, jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, there's a little bit of coaching in that, too, because I, yeah. I'm sure. Um, it's worthwhile to create space for that. Um, because anger is a part of grief. And sometimes when you're just reading things that are constantly saying, you should never express anger, you should, you know, and the point is in front of your kids, and I do agree with that, uh, thinking about, you know, these women that I'm coaching and the process through which they are moving to also remind them that anger is normal and it's okay. Thank you.
wondered if I could just ask about the grandparents, like the other grandparents. We have some of the other grandparents we're really close to. Others we're not so close to. And um, how do you navigate that when you're the grandparent and you have this other set of grandparents that maybe you don't see as much anymore? Yeah, you know, that is that is a tricky situation. Um, and for me, I, you know, I married my high school sweetheart. So mm. that's that's a family that I've known for a very long time. And yet there's also just boundary work that oftentimes um, doesn't necessarily have to be a negative boundary, but important boundaries where, you know, you can extend offerings and uh, invitations when it's appropriate, you know, like when it's centered around the child, you know, there are several celebrations that both sets of families are invited to and, you know, creating an environment where everyone feels welcome. And yet, sometimes with divorce, there just comes a shifting of roles and responsibilities where I used to be the primary connector between my children and my former in-laws mm-hmm. and recognizing, That's common, I think. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. recognizing that there's a difference between uh, keeping an opportunity open you know, and mm-hmm. taking responsibility for that connection too. You know, yeah. um, in our case, the kids do have time at their dads and that offers itself opportunities for them to, you know, see that set of grandparents. We also just want to make sure that we encourage everybody here that this doesn't have to be the end of everything. When your adult child gets divorced, it's not the end of everything. And even the grandparents have to let go of an ideal that they may have had for their own child and for their grandchildren. But with lots of support, uh, their adult child and their grands can really flourish. So we're, we, there's still hope, right? There's still good things that come out of all of this. Absolutely. And, and I can speak for myself, you know, there are times where with any type of grief, you know, it does feel dark and it's hard to see the light when there are days that do feel like you're surrounded by darkness. But I was so grateful in my experience that I, I was offered small glimmers and those were through the hands and hearts that helped me through And, um, yeah, and I just consider it a privilege to be able to extend that forward. That's great. You know, we will have that information for the grandparents to uh, look at on our show notes. So if they feel so inclined, they can buy some coaching from you. And I think that would be a wonderful way to support their adult kids and their grandkids, really. All of it will help. I think it's so interesting how Leah went from being a physical therapist and then transitioned to being a divorce coach. Right. I mean, if you think about how similar coaching is to physical therapy, it seems like she really got herself in the right place. It fits so well with her goals as a single mom and and just, you know, kind of coaching and helping someone along. It seems like it's common that after someone gets a certain kind of help that they really needed, that they want to be able to turn around and give that same sort of help. And it fits her style. 
Yeah, you know, there are so many things to consider after divorce. Even when it's not even especially messy, it's still complicated, and I feel like we barely scratched the surface in this episode. True, and so perhaps we'll be talking about it again. And in preparing for that, we'd love to hear from you. If you've been through something like this and wouldn't mind sharing about it for the benefit of others who are also in that place, please consider adding your thoughts on our Facebook page or maybe write to us at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com and let us know it's okay for for us to share that. And uh, certainly we'll do it anonymously if that's what you'd prefer. Yeah, and actually one of the inputs we'd love to have is grandparents who get a divorce and how that affects their lives and the lives of their adult children and their grands. As you can imagine... Uh, that's very difficult for grandparents to talk about because yeah. because of this ripples phenomenon. You right, know? right. And so we have asked, and we've gotten, uh, you know, <laughs> we've gotten zero response on this yeah. one. Yeah, but you know, can always hope somebody would be willing to do that to well, help other people. We'd value it so much if you would. Yeah, and we would keep it anonymous. Thanks so much for listening to us. Really, we really appreciate your support. Um, in our efforts to be a voice for grandparents. And if there are subjects you would like to see us take up, just shoot us a message. Did you notice that we have new ratings and reviews now? I did. That, that walkthrough that we did a few episodes ago really did seem to help a few people out. And so we thank you very much for having our backs. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thank you for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. Now you are much older and beyond belief busier than you thought you could ever be. So how do you handle the kind of exhaustion that accompanies caring for those little lives you longed for, those sweet little grandchildren? That's the next episode on The Grand Life. <laughs>